still snowing, and the first month of January has already gone by in the blink of an eye. Hey, welcome back to Anime on the Sea to Sky. Uh, like it's been going before, the winter 2021 anime season is already upon us. Every single show that we've gone through has been able to get through a handful of episodes inside of the premieres, and now it's been more than enough time to give ourselves a good idea and a good look on how the rest of the season is going to go. But before that, I guess we can chime in a bit on seeing how exactly the news has gone over in the past two weeks. And of course, if I do sound like a broken record, but at this point in time, people can't necessarily stop talking about Demon Slayer's uh, film that came out last year. But to be fair, at the end of the, at the, end of the run, considering that if you're an anime that accounted for a quarter of your entire domestic box office over the course of a year, you know that you did something right or you hit the nail square on the head and were at the right place at the right time. Considering that Japan's box office dropped 45% over the course of 2020 and Demon Slayer accounting for a quarter of that entire revenue if my math isn't complete garbage, that means that on a regular year for 2019, Demon Slayer would have covered an eighth of the entirety of the box office revenue. One movie covering an eighth of box office revenues for an entire fiscal year. Like, that is absolutely insane to me. Considering that, of course, not a lot happened over, over the entirety of 2020, definitely in terms of cinemas and trying to get any sort of movie out, but... The fact that that's essentially what Demon Slayer was able to accomplish over the course of 2020, well, can't necessarily wait to get myself an opportunity to either see it as a rerun in theaters if those ever start to open back up here in BC, or if we'll have to wait and see what the Blu-ray rips are like once they essentially finally go out on sale. But to be fair, everybody over here in the West is looking for an opportunity to finally go see this movie. To be fair... Demon Slayer, in my opinion, was a very middling show with some very high highs, but everything else was pretty average, and not a lot to move forward in saying that it is one of the new King of Shonen for sure, considering that the amount of money that's been able to generate and the amount of manga sales that it's been able to inflate and increase over the past, uh, or at least for the 26th episode that the anime television series had in its run, it's not the greatest, but of course, in the eyes of the producers and in the eyes of the uh, manga and the creators and the ones that are actually financing the majority of the production, to them, this is one of the greatest shonen series of all time, considering that what it was able to accomplish in terms of jacking up the manga sales and actually taking the source material to a new level, that is what every single investor is looking for whenever they decide to start up a new project. Uh, but besides that, I mean, a more personal note for me, Sentai Filmworks has actually been able to license the Nana television series. And so I watched this a couple years back, I thought it was a very realistic and well-told uh, romance and moving into the city kind of story with two, with two gals becoming roommates on opposite sides of the spectrum, being able to not only become friends and help themselves through hard times, but essentially try and find success in both relationships and careers in the majority of the past that they've been able to take. A lot of it is based um, around the music scene, considering that one of our characters, she is essentially the frontrunner of a band who's trying to find success and is trying to find any way that she can push that forward and help come to terms with her um, old flame and current flame, essentially, as it goes through. But I thought it was a very good, well-told, just a uh, romantic drama Dramedy? No, just, yeah, romantic drama, I guess, would be the one that would fit that uh, most eloquently. 
But considering that it's finally going to be able to get a new release on home video, that's something that I'm honestly going to be curious and looking forward to. But considering that not much else has been going through, and surprisingly enough, all of these new uh, releases and reveals for the next season. I mean, geez, we're not even a month into uh, the new Winter 2021 season, and we're already getting announcements and new recommendations to shows that are actually going to be coming out for the spring um, in the next uh, two uh, months or so. But to be fair, the ones that I'm going to be looking forward to the most, which recently ended up getting its its reveal for an April premiere is going to be Fruits Basket and its final season. So I've been really enjoying the series and 48 episodes that have already gone through. The first two seasons have been incredible. I was never one that watched the original series that came out back in the mid-2000s. I think it was 2006. But the remake at this point in time, considering the pedigree that it's been gotten from the manga community and considering that with this series, its source material is actually complete and they don't have to beat around the bush and fi try and find a new ending that'll attempt to be satisfying. But now we actually have a proper conclusion and I honestly can't wait to see how that's going to come to fruition in these next coming months. But on top of that, another sequel series that I honestly would never have assumed that it was actually going to be able to get a new season or take the story anywhere further is Megalobox. And hell, it's going to be getting a new season under the title of Megalobox 2 The Nomad. And from the preview that I was able to get, we still got we still got Joe, and he's still fighting. He's got gear. He's trying to well, not necessarily stay relevant, just try and keep himself on the right track, considering that he's still trying to fight, even though his body is broken down and degrading, like running himself dry on opioids and painkillers, and trying to keep himself just alive in any other way that he would be able to deem possible. But it's kind of interesting, considering that I thought they were able to accomplish whatever they set out in the original story and fi finish up all the loose ends that they were trying to, but now I kind of don't know where exactly they're going to go with this story. So I'll watch it. I'm curious. But I guess I'll just have to wait and see and try and figure out where essentially they can take this story in a new direction. But I mean, yeah, even though it's only a month into this new season, there have already been shows, including these two, that have already been getting new announcements, and all of them that are already making this next season going to be stacked, even though I'm not even done, or I haven't even started talking about this new season, considering that, I mean, we're going to be getting another season of Zombieland, we're going to be getting a handful of uh, comedy manga adaptations in the form of um, Stop uh, Bullying Me, Nagatoro, My Hero Academia is going to get its fifth season, and Shaman King is actually going to be able to get a remake in inside of this new adaptation, which I watched a handful of episodes um, on the Saturday Morning 4Kids block and on YTV as a kid, and I had never gone back to it. But to be fair, I'm honestly curious to see if that can rekindle any sort of uh, childlike wonder that I had watching this series. So I'm honestly going to give it a watch once it actually goes through and kind of see where the rest of it's going to take. Because I've heard nothing but uh, positive uh, vibes from everybody else who had been consuming this over the past couple of years. So yeah, I guess we're just going to have to wait and see. But finally, getting to the actual topic, which in this case is going to be talking about the winter 2021 season, the first impressions that I've been getting over the past month and seeing what the shows have been going through. I'll start off on the ones that I am not watching. So the continuation of the sequel season of ReZero, still not going through that. Continuation of the first season of Jujutsu Kaisen, still deal, heard nothing but good things about the show. 
but it's definitely low on my priority list, and I might give it a watch once this season is over, but I'm going to have to, you know, give it time and finish up the rest of the stuff that's been on my backlog just so I can at least keep the priorities straight. Now, the two biggest surprises that I've seen so far inside of this season would one or more hype reasons and for more just ridiculousness and balls to the wall just actions and ideas and comedy and the setting and what essentially the uh demographic and the content about the show is which is skate the infinity and it's just you know you're not going to be thinking too hard or like looking for anything too uh deeply inside of the show considering that it's literally just about underground uh skateboarding rings and races and everything going around one of the characters is canadian and even though it's not kind of being like oh yeah no representation we finally get somebody that's outside of italia but so far, everybody's been having a blast with this show. I haven't given it a watch, considering that even though it kind of seems like my cup of tea, I'll just have to, like, get across the skateboarding bid. But considering that this show is an being animated and production led by Studio Bones, it's just like, everything is kind of lining up for that to be just a pleasant surprise. And anybody who's just looking for something raunchy or just off the wall and entertaining and fun to watch, I'd probably lean towards Skate the Infinity with how much positivity it's gotten. But another surprise hit of the series that didn't necessarily even get an announcement until weeks before this um, season started would have been uh, Wonder Egg Priority. And it's the same deal. Everybody has been comparing it to handfuls upon handfuls of different shows, like, but it's, it came out of nowhere. Everybody's been saying nothing but positive things about it. And the allegories that it's going through in terms of trauma and loss and moving forward, potentially, ha and also potentially being one of the shows in this season where the main characters might be in lesbians with each other. We're honestly going to have to wait and see and try and figure out how that's going to be going forward. But it's just been nothing but positives from a show that nobody had any expectations for, and people are already calling it the anime of the season, which of course I never, the, I, I, Know that hyperboles are never really a good idea whenever you're trying to recommend somebody, even when a show is not even a quarter of the way through its runtime. But I have a feeling that over the next couple of weeks, I'll just keep listening in and kind of have a feeling whether I'm not going to enjoy it or not. But to be fair, the last time I ever had anything related to this would have been a couple of years ago with SSSS Gridman, because it had a unique demographic for those with the tokusatsu genre and really having fun with... At a time, people, and regardless of the CG implementation that was going through, people were really enjoying it and having one of the only instances where actually using CG for a lot of the big bad monsters and moving forward with a lot of the fights, that it was actually good because it contributed to the demographic and the inspiration that had actually come before it. So I ended up jumping into that series like episode 7 or 8 into the season and just thinking, okay, well that was completely and utterly bonkers and I loved every second of it. And I have a feeling that with Wonder Egg, I'm probably going to be um, having the same sort of uh, feeling with that, where if we get to the eight episode mark and it's still been doing nothing but going, nothing, no way but uphill, and actually being able to uh, continuously surprise and engage with all the themes that it's been setting up over the first two episodes, then yeah, no, I'm really going to be curious and I might actually have to dive into it and give it an opportunity and give it a shot. Because I guess for the basis of this, um, it's about a girl whose friend commits suicide, and then she's contacted by this entity that says, if you can collect all of these eggs from all these people with all these problems, then you might have the opportunity to bring your friend back to life. And so she enters these dreamscapes to try and acquire the wonder eggs that might have the opportunity to bring her friend back to life. 
but it goes through and meet she meets up with different people and different experiences and different opportunities to kind of not only change but enhance her perspective and you know what i'm really curious to see how they move that forward it, it kind of gives me the same vibes or the same noise that people were talking about flip flappers a couple of years ago and so i'm really curious to see how they actually translate that and how the show moves forward and hopefully sticks its own landing because it's very lofty and i hope that they succeed because you never want to see something this um entrancing and this uh ambitious fall flat on its face but for the rest of the season this was compared to the one show i guess we'll start off with the first one that is a continuation of from last season which would have been higarashi uh the higarashi not remake uh not remaster but this is a continuation. This is a sequel, which is finally going through, considering that the first 12 episodes wouldn't, shouldn't have even happened, because this is what got me angry in the beginning and watching the series, which, w which made it easy to skip through a lot of the filler, which was just a lot of, hey, the ki all the kids are walking around and talking and having fun inside of the games club, and it's like, look, I understand, but this is really just padding out runtime. Because we know this is this happened a lot in the original series to kind of get these characters together. But if this is a sequel series, then why are you retreading the same ground if you're not just trying to fill out time? Considering that everything else is what people are interested in and kind of the outcomes about how all of these horrific events might have an opportunity to become positive and might have a way out of this dark and hor horrifying tunnel. But now we finally get a piece of what could possibly get because i never did read the visual novel so i'm really curious to see if because apparently that the a big reveal that happens was foreshadowed in the visual novel but i looking back on anything that i remember in the original series that was adapted by dean back in 2006 is that it i don't remember it ever being like a point or if that was ever an opportunity for something like that to happen but to be fair if they're able to meld it and put it into this kind of story and actually mold it into a way that uh, makes it a lot more interesting and gives us another um opportunity to have a nice ending then i'm honestly all for it but I'm just kind of glad that now that Higarashi is into its legitimate runtime and it's actually moving forward with the ideas that it set out in the first two episodes of this season, because to be fair, the first 12 episodes, you could probably take five whole minutes of relevant new information, and that's all you would have to watch to save yourself the time. But now that we're actually getting into the story that this actual sequel wants to tell, now I'm actually invested, now I'm engaged, and now I'm legitimately curious to see what happens in the long run. Uh, let's see, should we go over... Yeah, I guess we'll go over the uh, sequel Caesar, uh, series before we get to... Well, to be fair, I'm looking through my entire list, and there was only one non-sequel series on here, which is kind of ridiculous, but it does make sense considering the amount of series that were supposed to come out in 2020 and then got moved back due to coronavirus and production issues and trying to make sure the production stays like on the tracks and not completely derails due to the unique circumstances that they were put in. But um, I don't know. It's been really interesting to go through. Once again, I'll just push back Attack on Titan. It's still fantastic. I'm still curious to see what uh, next events go through. I am not a manga reader, so I'm really curious to see how the show ends, and I really wanted to have a satisfying conclusion. I'm just really curious to see if they can fit it in, in the total 16 episodes that they were given for this final season. But I was talking with a buddy of mine, and I was also curious at the time, since they say it's the final season, and 
the only grumblings that I've heard about all the manga readers and saying that this is not enough time, the only way that they would be able to make it around this, and maybe if they set this up with decent enough scheduling, even if we would have to wait another uh, another year or so, is that this would be the final season. This wouldn't have to be the final series of OVAs or movies, and if they really needed the time and they really needed to stretch it out to actually give mo- all of us more than enough of a satisfying conclusion, then make an hour and a half movie, make four to five OVAs, literally just do anything you can to make this satisfying. Please don't rush this to match this up with the final uh, conclusion of the manga sales. Like, I understand that that's a really interesting and easy way for the productions to line up, but, God, it's been seven years, dude. Almost eight at this point. Like, we really just need to settle down Especially the fandom. The fandom really needs to fucking settle down, especially over the CG and, like, sending fucking death threats to the to the majority of the staff that's coming out of MAPPA. It's like, guys, oh my god, you just... I understand the passion. I understand that these sorts of things only happen when it's something that you care about that's what you feel like is getting twisted and abnormalized and not being put in a direction that you agree with, but it's just, this is them. This is their staff. This is their story. And there's no reason for us to get this bloody wound up and this ridiculously uh, horrified about the outcomes, so much to the degree that all the staff deserve the the incurred wrath of the millions of fans around the world. They don't. Nobody does. It's fucking ridiculous. So let's see. Another series that had been on a long hiatus would have definitely been Log Horizons' third season. And I have to do a bit of a read-up, considering that... A lot of the stuff that happened in season two, I was a little, I was a little lost on, and it took me a while to remind myself as to why everybody is the way they are, and what uh, the political dynamics are essentially moving through. Because now we're going into politics at this point, so it's going to be interesting to see how the politics get moved around and fixed, considering the amount of nations that are now at play. But I'm going to have to go back and rewatch because there was a, there was a dude that ended up like posting a seven to eight page summary of. All of the events leading up to the third season of Log Horizon, and at the time I was like, dude, there's no way I need to read this. This is way too much information. There's no legitimate course of action for me to push forward and actually read all of this and spend my time in that way. But now I'm thinking, okay, you know, I think I might actually have to catch myself up on a lot of the events that have that have happened. Because it's been like four to five years, I think. Six years. Six years! Oh my god! This is absolutely ridiculous. It's been that bloody long. Oh, wow. Okay, well, I guess moving on. That'll... I still enjoyed it. Uh, I would still say the first season of Log Horizon is, like, one of the best isekai video game translated series that inside of anime, regardless of all the bloody, ridiculous isekai adaptations and variations that have been going through. Log Horizon knew what it was doing, and even though I wasn't much of an MMORPG guy, and that was the demographic that this show was definitely focused towards, I still found more than enough enjoyment out of it, especially due to the level and care about the mechanics and the video game knowledge that was put on display in this series by, in the written and the direction. So, honestly, I think, I thought it was good for them. Yeah, the two major Shonen Jump adaptations that I'm watching, and I'm going to get another uh, opportunity moving through season two, uh, one of which is Dr. Stone, still enjoying it, I like when Senku does science stuff. That's about all I can say. If you enjoyed the first season so far, second season hasn't been selling anything short. It does the same stuff, and it does it well. Um, Promise Neverland is also kind of the same deal, except it throws us into an entirely different dynamic than what was in the first season. So at this point in time, 
it's mostly just moving forward in a different environment compared to the first series, and how the rest of the group survives in that kind of uh, setting and scenarios that they're going to have to adapt and move around, especially when the threats have been amplified and enemies are all around them waiting to get an opportunity to pounce and actually take them back. So, so far, still fine. Continue watching that. Let's see, the last two sequels on the list will go to, let's see, my favorite drama of the season, which goes to Beastars 2nd, <laughs> Beastars 2nd season. And so far, it's still been good with a little bit of introspection on the Goshi, now that he was able to survive going through an entire um, Yakuza hangout and get his girl and make it out alive. We finally figured out what essentially happened to um, Louise, and Louise is... Oh, he's dapper. He he looks really damn good in his suit. So he's taken over the Yakuza after killing its previous leader. And so I am legitimately curious to see how that dynamic and how he survives in the middle of a lion's den, a literal lion's den of enemies and, well, comrades, enemies, allies, whatever he wants to make those out to be, considering that he knows that he's just being used, but whether or not he can turn that around and make that a two-way street is going to have to be waiting upon to figure out. And then Lagoshi is also going to have to start moving in his own direction, considering that after the events of the first season, he's finally realized that, okay, I understand that I'm shy and that I'm timid, but with the powers and gifts that I've been given as a carnivore, I no longer have the right nor the ability to be stuck on somebody stuck watching from the sidelines. I'm going to be the ha one that has to take action. I can't be depressed over the loss and the trauma that I've gone through. I actually have to start standing up for myself, and I now finally have to move forward in my own way and try and protect the ones that I want to protect. And I'm really curious to see how that dynamic between Luis and Lagoshi is going to evolve over the next uh, couple of episodes throughout the rest of this season. And I'm legitimately curious to see how that's going to adapt. So, I'm really curious to see uh, how that's going to be moving forward. Man, I'm really uh, doubling down and repeating a lot of stuff, but I don't know. What can you do? Best slice of life? I know I know that Nananbiori exists, and I know that it has a new season, but Eurocamp Season 2 is already <laughs> has already wormed its way back into my heart, and it's incredibly satisfying and enjoyable and calming and serene, and just everything that I was looking forward to and everything that I loved in the first season is now just amplified as much as it was now in the second. And it's Eurocamp. I mean, I know a lot of people who still don't enjoy this kind of um, cute girls doing cute things, essentially choosing one gimmick and going all in on that, but the direction and the adaptation and fun that all the voice actors seem to be having inside of this new environment and these new few episodes. And I, I think it's just the soundtrack as well. Like, the soft, windward acoustic stuff that essentially has been coming out through every episode. We're still reusing a couple of the same tracks that came out in the first season. But, I mean, they're just done so exceptionally well that every single time they come on screen and they come on and play it honestly just gives me more than enough of a warm feeling inside to just make me sit down and enjoy and relax for the short time that i have whenever this comes around once every week so still enjoying it if you love the first uh season of your camp then you're not going to be finding anything lesser here and to be fair if you're looking for something that's just calming and serene and something to look forward to every week i would definitely recommend going back and giving this one a watch because it is one of the better calming shows out there 
and then Romance. Hmm. I had only seen Horamiya in passing years ago when I was uh, searching up on Mal, like, the best anime uh, shows, the best movies, and the best manga series, to kind of get an idea of what to put on my backlog and kind of give an opportunity to go through. Horamiya was continuously in the top ten over the several years that I went back and kept checking, even though it was a webcomic that was put out in the late 2000s. This stuff has been going on for over a decade, and there were more than enough people to come out of the woodwork as soon as the anime was um, announced for its adaptation last year, So, and just trying to shill it as much as possible and try to get everybody to take notice. I'm thinking, eh, well, you know, yeah, I guess I can give this a go and give it an opportunity, considering that there hasn't really been as many romance shows that I've been able to jump into over the past uh, couple of years, especially not purely romance. I mean, sure, Kaguya exists, but that's a rom-com in the most... Uh, in the most standard of ways, but a pure romance is definitely something I've gone through. And Horamiya, at this time, definitely finds a couple of trends and tropes sitting back inside the 2000s, but not in a way that subverts them, but in a way that blows past them. And it definitely seems like it's a good enough demographic for people like me who have been watching anime for several years and know the tropes and know the regular pacing for a romantic series but just going through them at such a breakneck pace, but one that feels natural and not stretched out in terms of misunderstandings, in terms of miscommunication, and the communication and the cultural divide, trying to figure out who ca- which character is going with who, who likes who, who actually wants to spend more time with each other, like, is it, are the relationships natural? Do they meld well together? Do they actually enjoy each other's company? And whenever a misunderstanding pops up, it is rectified within the span of the episode. And that is definitely something for someone like me who has watched more than enough anime romance and knows the tropes and feels like, okay, well, if this trope is going to be introduced in episode 6, then we know it's not going to be resolved until the end of episode 7 or the beginning of episode 8. So, great. I guess that's the plot point that we're going to be sitting on for the next uh, couple of minutes, so great. But the way that the show just brings everything into context and just moves forward, because it doesn't have any time for that shit. It legitimately does not have the patience to go through and think, okay, well, if you're not really having a good time with this character and you really think that everything is going awry and everything is just absolutely chaotic and it's all destroyed and everything's ruined, it's just don't. Go talk to them. Use your words, not your actions, not your sundere, not your dere-dere, not every other method that you can use to stretch out this misunderstanding. Go and talk with them. And that is all the show pushes the characters to do, and that is all that is needed to rectify the majority of the conflicts that have happened so far in the first few episodes. And I am definitely enjoying that kind of connection and those kinds of of easily rectifiable conflicts showing that yeah these are caricatures and there are a lot of tr- and there is a lot of tropiness revolving around this story but this basic bare bones white bread romance still in any other way is still pretty damn tasty and i'm really enjoying how the two mains have essentially been set up with each other and really curious to see at what point in time they're going to tie the knot and essentially finally start going out as a relationship, because knowing the pace 
that the first two episodes of this anime has set, that there's no way they wait for, like, the halfway mark. Like, there's no way. They're doing this at such a such a well-crafted level that it's going to focus on these and then move on just to kind of see if there's any other characters that we can make happy. Are there any other characters that we can decide to ship? Because if this, if anything anybody has said about this show has resonated with me is that if you're a man who likes his ships, then get ready because you're going to be seeing a lot of them set sail. And I'm definitely going to be enjoying to see how the rest of them move out. And I would definitely give this show a recommendation or a watch to anybody that has been a little burnt out on standard cookie cutter anime romances, because this is definitely one of those shows that not only does it well, but does it in such a satisfying manner that makes you not only happy for the characters, but makes you happy that you ended up giving this show a watch. And I would highly recommend if everybody is looking for that similar feeling to enjoy it the same way as I did. (laughs) 